finally, camera. Action! Yes! And don't forget the notes, because that's what I actually refer to when I'm talking. As much as it seems like I just kind of ad-lib, I actually write down some things before I start. Last day of warmth, like clockwork, little snow day. So it's going to get cold tomorrow, eh? Workouts in. Ultra marathons are the new Corvette. Ten ideas for you, because this podcast is all about making you 15% better than you were yesterday. <laughs> At least part of it. Folks, it is Wednesday, middle of the week, hump day, November 22nd, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky, Canadian expat, living and surviving, thriving, loving, being here in Beijing, China. China is getting shit on again by the Western media. Oh, Twitter. Twitter, you guys. So uh, apparently there's uh, okay, the APEC summit or whatever that's going on in uh, San Francisco right now. And I, yeah, I don't know. The last time I heard about San Francisco, uh, it was kind of like a shithole. Uh, can, can I say that on air? Just did. And it uh, sort of had a very bad reputation for, um, was it the cro- crocodile? Is that what it was? And Trank, uh, basically living like zombies, zombie walkers, uh, people who were just hopped up on all sorts of drugs and made the core of San Francisco terrible. So I don't know why they decided to put this apex summit there, but Mr. Xi Jinping from China heads on over and magic of magics, San Francisco was cleaned up. Where'd they put them all? I mean, what happened? Why didn't you do that before? So, of course, making a big deal about this meeting and uh, sometimes Twitter, you, 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 you open it and you're kind of like, okay, I don't need that anymore. <laughs> that's, a, that's enough of the Twitter files, enough of the Twitter box. Let's go back to what I was doing before, which was Instagram, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Last day of the warmth. Well, uh, if the calendar uh, is right with the weather and the weather is right with the calendar, if everything is aligned, then that means today is Xiaoxue, which is what I mentioned yesterday. Uh, so this is the little snow. It's kind of like, well, it's a period in uh, the winter cycle that China has, and according to the Chinese uh, traditional calendar. Uh, and I guess part of it is that it gets cold from here on until probably middle of January. Then it starts to warm up a little bit, and then Spring Festival happens, and we're off to the races back to the, and then the cherry blossoms in March, late March, probably this year or next year, I should say mid March. It's usually about five or six weeks after spring festival. Uh, yeah. So if you, if you're planning any trips to China, which according to Twitter, not a lot of people are and, <laughs> uh, but come in March or April and that's when you're going to get the, uh, uh, the, the nice view of the, the cherry blossoms and the growth of the, the flowers, like the foliage and stuff like that. So the Great Wall would also look a little bit more lively, I guess you would say. Not so stone-cold brickish as it would in the winter. Uh, but uh, speaking of which, uh, okay, so actually, just to finish that thought, Beijing is actually going to drop to minus 8 Celsius uh, throughout the uh, the week. Might be a little bit cold on Friday's run, uh, if that's what I ended up do if I end up doing. Uh, but uh, I was actually, one of the things I managed to catch on the, the Twitter box is um, the, the some people, since China is such like a uh, like a hush-hush, well, we don't go there, uh, no, one, no one is talking about coming to China. Not like people did five, six years ago. Before the pandemic, 
uh, people were still sort of interested. Uh, maybe the and people were you know I, you knew people who would come over here now. Very few people, of course, now that the uh, pandemic is over and travel is much more open, more people are returning. But those are the people that kind of need to come here and touch base every now and then. Uh, but if they, people don't have to, I mean, how many people do you know are going? Yeah, I'd like to work in China. Probably none. Probably none. Uh, send them to this podcast. They can uh, they uh, they can get a good understanding of what it's like to live in China. Honestly, it's. Uh, you hear that don't follow the Western media. There's whatever, I can't say whatever the Western media says is kind of a skewed. Well, it is skewed. It very much is skewed. And it's not skewed uh, in the way that if you came to China, you'd probably leave with the sort of the impression of like, that's it. That's that's the China. That's that's the security apparatus. That's That's the big data. That's communism. Like literally, you would be so underwhelmed by what it's like here. Because, and I was listening to um, uh, another speaker on uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube, uh, Cody Sanchez. She was talking about her visit to Starbucks. How in some places, San Francisco, I think was one of them. Another place in the states, the Starbucks baristas are just completely. Uh, maybe they're overworked, but they're not into it. They're not into their job. Contrast that with the small businesses. So that's why she's interested in small businesses. I look at this and go, wow, that's a complete opposite here. The small business here in China, to get the service of the uh, the owner, operator, whatever, uh, or the, whoever's working behind the counter, because usually it's not the owner operator, they are so disinterested in what's going on. But contrast that with Starbucks, those people, they work. They'll greet you. Hi, how's it going? They'll, they'll go to just about any length to make sure that you have a not that you have a good experience but so that you won't complain <laughs> to whoever so that they get you know shit upon by the upper management or whatever uh who uh deals with these uh sort of things wow steve you're mentioning that word poop a lot today aren't you colloquial term for poop what day was it steve was it was it an okay day for you yeah it was not bad i mean it's actually pretty good got a lot done i'm not gonna lie it was a uh, yeah, all good and all good and stuff. Actually, well rested. Maybe it's because I didn't finish drinking my coffee until four p.m. That's mm, we'll see what time I get uh, get the bed. The other thing that I saw on uh, the Twitter box, and which is the original sort of uh, impetus for this digression, is that uh, since people since people don't want to come to China, and they have this sort of impression that it's such a bad place, or it's not a place that you know is very free and stuff like that. People are moving jobs. They're switching jobs, management, uh, or they're going into other industries, and they are able to make more money as a result, uh, far more money than they would make if they were to return back to their homelands. And I, I kind of hate to point it out, but the people who've left, that, that, that I've known, uh, or that I've heard have left, often aren't making as much as they used to here in China. And I don't think it's just because of uh, that they left the job, but I think it's because of the job market outside of China, the industries outside of China, and that, you know, I guess especially being an expat in in China, there's a, there's a premium that you're paid for being willing to relocate. And this is the same. This is not just for China. 
Uh, I mean, like Japan, South Korea, Abu Dhabi, uh, Ghana, Argentina, Brazil. There's always sort of been an expat package, even if it meant that you're just getting paid slightly more or, of all things, your work is more stable than it would be back in the in the homelands, meaning that simply, even though you don't have your you, you might be making marginally or if not the same, but you're able to work that much more. And there's probably side gigs that you could do as well. That all contributes to a higher bottom line for you, a much greater uh, substance in your bank account rather than in your uh, homelands where I mean taxes and everything would be taking uh, a significant chunk out of your, your money. So I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Uh, the people you know that have left China or the people that you know who are outside of China have never been here, if, if they're working like an equal type of job, the same pay scale, maybe not the same job, but the same pay scale, are they are they saying that they're having a good time? Are they living life like what the, that they want to? Is it are they able to do things? In China, for all the talk about like there's no freedoms, we get to do a lot of things. We really do. And it's it's very hard to argue with that freedom or that, what would you call it? That ability to move around within the country, largely sort of unmolested, unharassed. Now, this is where you do have to kind of understand that that's that's the polished version. That's sort of like, oh, that's that sounds very great, Steve. I, I, I'd almost be willing to, to go to China, which, you know, hey, worth the trip at least once if you were not Han Chinese, but Asian, and you had any passport that was like from Southeast Asia, or your passport or your identity card was anything other than Han, Han Chinese, you might have some issues, probably a lot of issues to tell you the truth. So this, there's sort of a, um, and of course, that's what the Western media wants to pick up on. And they want to drive that point home is that there's, it's very unequal, very unfair. And then you look at the Western media. What happened a couple of years ago? The Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, that was huge. It's so you you see things like that happen in the midst of a pandemic, and yet the Western media would also criticize a place like China. And you go, there's something's not matching up here. I, I don't. They might say yes, yes, it is matching up, but again, living here in China, you go, oh, I don't know. I just the 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 ground level living in China, day to day, and of course, again, I live in Beijing, so it's not like things get, things aren't going to get really crazy here. I mean, hopefully they don't, but kind of normal living, isn't it? Just go to work, work out, talk to friends on WeChat. That, that's that's what it is. Speaking of which, workouts got them done today, both of them. Lunchtime, ah, you know, I did not want to do six point five kilometers. I ended up doing 6.5 kilometers, which is four miles. And the reason why is because, again, by the time I hit the, the normal stopping point, I was so close to doing four miles. I was just like, I'll just finish off the four miles. But then I realized after I finished, I'm like, the reason, Stephen, the reason why you don't want to do that is because it means you have less time for the second part of the workout. So on Wednesdays at lunchtime, and same with Mondays as well, typically what I do, typically what I do is I run five kilometers and then I stop and then I do like a, a high intensity interval training type of workout or a CrossFit workout or something like that, something along those lines, uh, using a medicine ball, skipping rope, body weight exercises, etc. 
And so today, I had a new little toy. <laughs> a slam ball. I, it finally showed up, which this was actually a poor guy who uh, delivered it. Apparently, he delivered it last week. And uh, I'm like, I, I messaged the, the store. I'm like, where is this thing? I, 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 I bought two skipping ropes and a 10 kilogram uh, slam ball. At the same time, I'd ordered these two steel clubs, uh, the five kilos each. So I guess he was he delivered both of them. <laughs> I'm not sure if he delivered. Um, I'm not sure if he delivered both packages, but it sounded as if he or one of his colleagues or he had entrusted the delivery to someone else, and it it didn't go the way that he thought it would. The steel club showed up, but the slam ball didn't get delivered. And so I called the store or I messaged the store and they're like, what do you mean it didn't get delivered? It's been delivered for uh, four days already. I'm like, and for four days, I've been wondering which door has been dropped off at. Right. And so, so sure enough, this guy shows up on my, uh, my doorstep on Monday or Tuesday, Monday, I guess it was. And he's like, what do you mean you didn't get your package? <laughs> it was delivered. It was signed. It was blah, blah. You know, you said fungzai mankol, which is let's leave it at the door. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's typically what I do. But, um, Dude, bro, definitely don't have a slam ball. I would, uh, you, I just don't have that package. It would be a box, and I got a long package, which was the steel clubs. I'm like, but there's, there's no slam ball here. He's like, oh. he mutters something in Chinese that was along the lines of, ah, oh, why does it have to be the foreigner? Kind of sort of. I wonder if this is what he's going through in this, this sort of situation. So we talk, and I understand about 50% of what he's saying because he's got this heavy uh, regional accent. And at some point, he's like, okay, so I'll try to track down who delivered the bloody thing. Good, thanks. Uh, an hour later, half hour later, I get this phone call. He's like, ah, yeah, the guy dropped it off at building nine. Like, ah, okay, so that would be why it's not here. He's <laughs> like, well, can I come back tomorrow and drop it off? I'm like, yes, no problem. I've finished the workouts and everything. So, yeah, so it, it did end up showing up on, on Tuesday morning, uh, that, uh, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny that he's like, yeah, you, you, I delivered it last week. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you dropped it off at someone and they're probably looking at this going, what would I ever use this for? I mean, uh, unless it just struck out and got delivered by, got delivered to another sort of a uh, fitness person. So anyway, long story short, slam ball, 10 kilograms, Took that out today. The reason I got it is because different from the medicine ball, which is my seven kilo big ball, I have this 10 kilo little ball, which is meant for slamming on the ground. I had one of these uh, back in Canada. It was all right. That's good for a full body workout. I'm not sure how much you can use it for otherwise. It is 10 kilos, so it's a little heavy to do one-handed stuff, but you can uh, certainly do uh, two-handed slams, of course, and then two-handed uh, movements as well a lot smaller than the medicine ball so it's a little bit easier to throw farther and with some force and everything which is going to uh, use different muscles uh, and uh, I don't is it more of a workout than the medicine ball I don't I actually I'm kind of wondering I don't think so but I'll tell you one thing it is it's easier to carry down the stairs because I take the stairs down and all the way up and so it's only 10 kilos and it's a lot smaller to carry and stuff like that so it's a lot easier to sort of manage uh, in that regard. But uh, I, so I only got about 10 minute uh, slam ball workout in there after the four mile run, which, okay, fine. Uh, that's a, that's enough, I guess. I wouldn't mind doing 20 minutes. That's sort of the optimal amount. But again, uh, left 
just too, too, trying to do too much in too short of time. So this is, this is my own time management that I have to deal with. Uh, I, I did get out later, uh, but uh, I could have ran the four miles longer, I guess. Uh, but uh, all that being said, uh, yeah, I, I would really like to get into 20 minute sort of uh, uh, workouts with weights during lunch rather than just doing the cardio. Did manage to do an after work kettlebell flow as well. I felt, I use this program called Kettlebell Wizard. I think it's very good. It has three different levels, beginning, intermediate, and advanced. I think I've talked about this before. Uh, and you just pick one, and it gives you a bunch of exercises that you can sort of follow along and shows you exactly how to do them as well. So if you have if you have a kettlebell, you don't need a kettlebell. If you don't want to spend the money on kettlebells, you can get water bottles. Like the, uh, A lot of water bottles, you can different sizes that you can use and just use those uh, to uh, get warmed up or to, uh, you know, uh, pinch hit for your kettlebells. Ultra marathons are the new Corvette. So this, I couldn't help it. I, I think this is it. I, of course, I was, I was talking to this uh, one other person who does marathoning and stuff like that. And uh, she's all over the place. Uh, and, and she sends me this link to this backyard ultra marathon. I'm like, what is this? Apparently, it's this competition in the United States uh, where you run one mile. Sorry, you run four miles every hour until until the last man standing basically it takes me about on a good day 40 minutes well today it took me 37 apparently 37 to 40 minutes to run four miles but that was that's with the idea that i'm not going to run another another four miles running four miles every hour that first of all seems excessive (laughs) kind of like the four by four by 48 uh, but the other thing, my, my one issue with joining competitions like this, I don't mind doing them on my own just to see if I can do them. But one reason I don't join competitions is because my workouts are sort of structured around my current work, which requires me to be at home. Uh, and so I work from home. But I, if I were to take time off to do something like that, it's like then you lose uh, the, the money, the income. You're, you might be spending money as well uh, being there. You know, it's kind of like a vacation of sorts. So that could be a vacation. But with something like running, I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it just, I kind of feel like it's, you're not doing enough. I wouldn't be doing enough. I wouldn't feel like I'm being, you. Uh, I'm not utilizing my capabilities because I am able to work out, get the intense workouts at the same time, do the work uh, like my own, like the actual work that I do here, what I'm in China for. Uh, and do that all at once or all within one day repetitively. Now, one thing I could do, since I do take rest days right now, instead of doing this uh, thing called like the backyard uh, ultra marathon, the big backyard ultra marathon, the guy ran like a 450 miles within four days or something like that, uh, which seems like a good challenge, but I'm like, yeah, you have nothing else to do. That, that's, I guess that's my biggest issue. Like, I, I would find issues uh, taking time off to run for that long <laughs> and to train to run for that long. Cause the guy's 47 and he's been doing ultras for many years. Uh, but it does kind of pop up that people in their forties and their fifties, but usually it's their forties are doing these ultra marathon distances. You know, who else does ultra marathons? Who's been doing it for a while, but is now big and famous for doing it. David Goggins, David Goggins is 46, right? And so he, uh, uh, he's been doing, but he's been doing marathon, like ultra marathons for years and he does them for, uh, what do you call it? Fundraising, uh, as well for veterans, uh, and stuff. So 
I see that. Like, I understand that sort of point of view. But to do something like this uh, on my own, for me personally, I would kind of sit here again. I, this is why I like the 4x4x48, four by four by um, where I, I typically do that in March. I've done that. I shouldn't say it, typically. I've done that for the last three marches in the in last three marches in a row. And again, that's David Goggins' idea to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. That's all it is. And it's the only one I do. I don't do any others. The other sort of competition... The only competitions that I have with myself is that I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, intense workouts, double workouts and stuff like that. And then making sure I'm able to uh, still do my job. That's it. <laughs> On Sundays, I've started doing a little bit, uh, a slower run for like I go for an hour, but I'm still only doing four miles. So it's just a little bit slower. <sighs> Maybe if I could run faster, I would do it. I did think, what would it be fun to do? Would it be a fun trial? Could I do it? I could test. Could I run one mile every hour for 10 hours? I mean, that's one way to do it, right? Could I do it for 24 hours? That'd be painful. That, that, that seems uh, like excessive, excessively unnecessary. Why are you sleeping 40 minutes just to run another hour? Now I'm thinking also if I did something like that, well, I mean, I just do it on the treadmill. I wouldn't go outside. I would not get dressed for that. <laughs> that that's going to be in the shorts, on the treadmill, 20 minutes, get it done, and go to bed. Not even. One mile would only take me 10 minutes, actually. Uh, 10 minutes, maybe 11 minutes. So something to think about. But no, I, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. I got 10 ideas for you. This is uh, all part and parcel of helping you become 15% better in whatever it is and Help me, maybe giving some vibes, some uh, goodness to you. And these these ideas might not be good. Uh, there's things that have sort of come to mind, uh, but uh, you know they they've sort of remained written scribbles. And so if someone else can use them, you know, I go by the idea that if it's a really good idea, or if it's a good idea, or if it's a really good idea, you're gonna have to shove it down people's throats before they actually accept it. You can't just tell them that's that's a great idea. You should do it. No one will use it. Idea number one: no stink socks. I have no idea how you do this, but some apparently these compression socks are uh, sort of <clears throat> along the way. But I think if they made socks that were sort of definitely could not ever stink, that would be fantastic. No sweat sweater. Um, this is, might be a personal issue, but uh, whenever I wear a sweater, I tend to sweat too much. Maybe I just need to find a. Uh, a cooler sweater, but wouldn't it be great if sweaters could also wick sweat? Cheap, but good good compression clothes. If you've checked the prices of 2XU skins and X-Bionic, very expensive. Even decathlon can be expensive. Where are the cheap compression clothes? Number four, pants with a money belt built in. Like, we're talking like maybe even tripartite pants. And by that, I mean like trousers. So you have the money belt. That'd be number one. Maybe like a thong. <laughs> then you'd have number two part would uh, be your like cargo shorts. And then number three would be leg extensions. No, the, the money belt would not be a thong. But it'd be like like a proper belt that you could sort of clip in and you could use it with any pair of pants. And maybe there could be a whole line of pants that would have different ways for this thing, this belt to clip in as part of a uh, shorts and pants combination. Uh, number five, clip on shoes. I thought this would be great. My shoelace has been coming undone lately. I don't think this is going to happen because um, to change the whole manufacturing process of shoe manufacturing probably ain't going to happen at all. But uh, shoes with just a clasp, not Velcro, just a clamp over 
uh, fasten down and tighten up. That'd be make things a lot easier, wouldn't it? Number six, spray on compression clothing. I think I've talked about this before, uh, especially when I first got my skin's compressions. Uh, very difficult to get on, but wouldn't it be great if you could like have it as a nozzle, an extra nozzle from your, uh, could be canned, I guess, you know, canned compression clothing, or also uh, another nozzle underneath your shower. So as you leave your shower, it sprays on some compression gel, compression mist, they bind together like nanobots, uh, and then they sort of form a, uh, a solid layer or a, a flexible solid layer over your skin that's custom formed to your skin and then helps push the, uh, the blood or helps your, your blood circulate a little bit better. Number seven, deodorant strips. I'm not sure if these have been invented, invented but instead of using uh, like stick deodorant, uh, and the same way that you have like uh, alcohol wipes, you could just put these on your armpit, let them sit and they sort of disappear, like disappearing stitches sort of thing. And you smell nice and, I don't know, would baby fresh be a good uh, uh, scent or, you know, manly musk, that'd be a good one. Uh, number eight, spray printer, spray, spray printer that attaches to your phone. Honestly, I can't believe this stuff doesn't happen yet. Where is my flying car? The same place where my spray printer is. It should either be built in, like the way that I can connect this DJI microphone to the bottom of my print uh, of my cell phone, connect a, a sprinter, connect a spray printer that can spray a uh, basically an image onto a sheet of paper, and then I would have my document instead of having to Bluetooth things or AirDrop things or trying to connect the bloody thing to a Wi-Fi network, just print right on the piece of paper that I have. Like a picture, you, you line it up and and it's, it's, it's printed there. Number nine, portable pull-up bar. By this, I mean like literally, not the ones that you have to sh uh, shimmy in between uh, uh, like a, a hallway structure. I'm talking like, can it be a pole? Like the size of a coffee, cu a coffee cup that you shake out, both uh, uh, sides extend, and then from those two sides, you can then pull out a tripod on each side that will then be a very sturdy uh, structure to use for a pull-up bar. It doesn't have to be very tall, but for it to all collapse down into the size of a coffee cup, that's the goal. Number 10, portable rowing machine. <laughs> Same idea, but I guess the idea with this one would be uh, with that, you would have to have bands or a water pulley same thing water same size of maybe um not a coffee cup a thermos let's go with thermos a coffee thermos that way the thermos can act as the water retainer water container and with that the belts would wrap around the thermos while the whole thing uh stretches out it doesn't have to be like the full sliding rower but it could be literally uh a, a pair of rubber bands, resistance bands that are attached to this thermos that will offer resistance uh, that would, that can't be resistance bands, they have to be like, what do you call them? When they're a bit torqued up, they're a bit tightened. And so when you pull them, it's like pulling a, I don't know how to ex uh, ex express this, but it's not, not a resistance band, which is very smooth. It has to offer some resistance and adjustable resistance. Uh, and that's what the the thermos gear, the gear around the thermos would offer 
uh, in it on along its size, I guess. There you go. Ten ideas. Hope that helps, folks. I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks are up on my website, stevensersky.com. Thanks for listening. Have a good one out there. Get your runs in because it's going to get cold. And don't forget, eat your broccoli. Have a good one. Bye-bye.